the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Huntley Baptist Church, bridging the gap. I love that so much. I love that so much. And it's so directly related and infused with faith in action, putting our faith into action. Pastor Murray was gracious enough to let me know what season you're going to be going into, faith in action. And it's absolutely pivotal for uh, what we have to do and what we get the pleasure of, of joining with our Heavenly Father and doing in the work that he's got for us. So... I want to share a couple of testimonies. Both of these have faith in action. So of, of the Catalyst Project, one of the things that we did was after our training session, we had a practical application where we got into groups of twos and we were sent out to any place. So we got together firstly and we prayed about where we felt the Lord might be wanting to send us. Our team felt this shopping centre called Eastridge. So we went to this shopping centre, Eastridge, and we broke up into twos, so yeah, we've got a team of six. We had three three pairs all going out, and I was with Olivia, and Olivia and I are walking around. We walk into New World uh, as we see a guy walking in there that we felt to have a word for. So we, we walk in there, quickly go through New World, didn't buy anything, might have looked a bit dodgy like we were maybe going to steal something because I did have a big huge jacket on and we kind of walked out with nothing but I tried not to look too suspicious. So we couldn't find this guy but on the way out uh, we saw an Indian lady here just sitting right there and her name was Binny. Uh, didn't, she obviously didn't, she had a name tag on, she was working at New World and as we were walking past I gave her the Kiwi nod Hey, and then um, she, she said hello back and I said, how are you going? And she said, oh, well, thank you. I asked her, are you on your break? And she said, yeah. And I said, how's it going? So she said, not so good. And I thought, why is that? And I asked her, why, 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 what's wrong? And she said, oh, my knees are a bit sore, so I'm just trying to sit down and take a break. And then I straight away, in that moment there, my faith got challenged. What are you going to do about it, Shane? Are you going to offer to pray for her? Do you believe Jesus can heal her? All of those things go through. I, I, I'm guessing we've all had those moments in our life. We get very familiar with those moments. And sometimes we shrink back. Sometimes we take the step and go, no, this directly correlates with what I believe. So obviously we just had two and a half days of training for this stuff. So it was time to put up or, you know, put my money where my mouth was kind of deal and, and show that this faith is real. So... I offered to pray for her, and, and, and Olivia and I prayed. She was totally open to it, which was amazing. She was open to prayer. We prayed for her knees, and she stood up. We asked her to try out, see if you can feel anything different. And she stood up, and she had a bit of surprise on her face, and she said that it wasn't sore anymore. She said she used to walk kind of like almost a bit of a waddle side to side, but she said, now I can walk like this. And her legs were just going one in front of the other. And she said that her knees weren't sore anymore. So that was amazing that she got healed right there in the supermarket. We were intentionally going there to not necessarily just see healings, but, you know, if God put it on our heart to share the gospel with anybody or highlighted anybody just to encourage or whatever it may have been. And then so 
she got healed, which was incredible. She also told us that her son had lost his wallet. And we thought, okay, we'll, we'll pray for that. So we prayed with her and, and we did see her son. He was walking up and down the mall looking for his wallet on the floor and all these kind of things. So we said, yeah, we'll pray for that. So we, you know, Jesus, would you pr- please help us to find that wallet and be able to bring it back or have someone else be able to return it uh, to her son? Amen. Great. See you later. So we walked back. We did a, a lap, a circuit through the mall, and then we kept, we went round again. And as we walked through the door of the mall again, coming up to the new world, I walked past one of the COVID tables, and on the COVID table, I saw a black wallet. And he had told me what the black wallet had on it. It had the word Gucci on it. So as we kept walking, I thought, oh, there's a black wallet there. And I thought, there's a black wallet there. And I went back, picked it up, had a look at it, and it had Gucci on it. And was able to then take it to this lady. I took it back to Binny. And, and she was so happy to receive it. She couldn't believe it. She was still standing up at that point, talking to a friend about how she had been prayed for and wasn't needing to sit down, which she usually would be because she had been healed. And then we come up and bring the wallet, and it was just like God doing such an amazing thing. So after that, you know, I just was able to share that God loves her so much that he cares about her intimately and deeply, and that I was able to share the gospel and say Jesus died to have a relationship with her so that God could have a relationship with her and and free her from sins and, and the bondage that that creates. Now, she didn't give her heart to God or anything like that, but we just trusted it was a very powerful seed on the way on the path to that journey. Another one I had where this was, I, I ride a motorbike, uh, or I try and ride a motorbike, and I hadn't been riding for very long. My car was broken at the time, so I only had my bike, and I have to go over the harbour bridge to get to work. And this particular morning, it was basically cyclonic outside. It was just yeah, crazy cyclone-type weather. And when you're on a motorbike, Sometimes you can feel it in a car getting buffeted around by the wind, but when you're on a motorbike, it's, it's even more intense. I mean, even when a truck blows past, you feel it and you kind of have to brace for it. So I was, I was really scared, uh, and I remember before I was getting ready for work, there was a break in the weather, and I thought, okay, God, is this you giving me a chance to get to work? And we weren't working from home at this point, so my options were take my motorbike and risk going in the rain or call in sick, basically. Or, you know, have a reason as to why I can't go. So I was very, very scared like that, and I thought, okay, God, I I see the break in the weather. I think you're giving me a chance here. So I had a shower, got ready, jumped on my bike, and as I'm on the way in this clearing of weather, it starts raining again, and the wind starts getting really, really high. You know, those kind of cabbage trees or palm trees, ones quite tall, just absolutely going for it. Uh, Like heads in a mosh pit or something like that, a heavy metal concert. And I'm coming down the on-ramp, getting onto the motorway. Once you're on the motorway, you're committed. There's no turn backs at that point, really. So I'm coming onto the motorway, and as I merge onto the motorway, rain's just raining really hard, wind's going crazy, and I'm about to start the ascent up onto the hill. 
Uh, I don't know if anyone here does this. I'm sure you do, but talk to Jesus just throughout your day. And I've got my head in my helmet, and I'm thinking, okay, God, now's when I need this. And I'm holding on to my handlebars, and I just said, and bus, and like just comedically talking with Jesus. And the reason I said, and bus, is because right now is when I need one to roll up beside me so that the wind could protect me from this, uh, from how crazy the, 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 so the bus could protect me from how crazy the wind was. And so I go into the second lane, and as I say, and bus, this yellow thing, just like, well, they've got a little yellow protective corner on the bottom right. They're dark blue, navy, navy blue buses, but yeah, this, this yellow thing rolls into my peripheral vision. And then I look over, and it's a bus just coming at the exact same time, and I'm just like, oh, man. I didn't have time to cry and get emotional like I am now and be so blown away at God's bigness, but I, I was so thankful in that moment okay cool just right beside the bus and it was funny how yeah i was so protected the whole way over the bridge i come down over the bridge and probably about 15 seconds after getting down over the bridge and riding the rest of the motorway it was almost like the storm cleared away the sun came out and the birds started singing but those moments where faith in action we are so familiar with it in our walk but where you have the option to step out and believe and trust or not. And if you wouldn't mind opening the word or wielding your sword to Matthew 14, verse 22. So in my Bible, it's titled Jesus Walks on Water. But uh, I'm actually talking about Peter here. So immediately after this, Jesus insisted his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I'm here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat. So Peter went over the side of the boat. I didn't lose my place. I'm saying it again. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? Do we know him as the disciple that sank or the disciple who walked on water? I remember him being referred to as the disciple who walked on water. And... I know that we all want to do that. We all want to be that. We all want to step out. So there's so many things in this, but the choppy waters, easily a reference to those moments when that Lady Binny said, my knees are sore. What are the choppy waters in that situation? Well, it's everyone looking at me. It's my own fear coming up. It's the enemy being like, you can't do that. You've never seen supernatural things happen before. Well, you know, we have. But, you know, all these things that come at us. So 
in, in this, there's four steps of, of the, that faith walk moment. So if you could please stand up. Thank you so much. And these four steps go like this, and I would love, love it if you could repeat them after me. It comes, I see, I choose, what will be. It comes, I see, I choose, what will be. It comes, I see, I choose, what will be. Thank you so much. And if you can remember those four steps forever, fantastic. Feel free to take a seat. The Anzac weekend, the marching in the Lord's army, and our faith so often being referred to as a walk, a faith walk, a walk of faith, is just so relevant to this weekend, but there are steps involved. And the first two steps, it comes and I see, are very, very easy steps because they happen organically. My grandson, he won't stop doing drugs, or I need to get to work, and it's a crazy storm outside. You know, any situation, these first two things happen naturally in our lives. Uh, things come, storms, whatever they may be. And the seeing part, the second step, is when we notice it and have that reaction, often fear. But in those same things where I say situations come, storms come, they, depending on what lens we're looking through, they can also be seen as opportunities. And that's the difference between whether we're looking through eyes of faith or fear. So step three, I choose. So we see the situation coming. Peter sees Jesus on the water. He's already seeing something supernatural. Like if that didn't encourage him to be able to believe, well, I don't know what would. And it did give him encouragement and give him faith because he had the faith to, and the boldness to step out over the edge of the boat. He steps out onto the water and that is him choosing what lens he was going to look through in life. And that's the case for all of us. Anytime we're faced with something, uh, a sickness or a, a, a job opportunity that we might be seeking, God, I need a job, or God, I really want my, my grandson to get healed, or Father, I don't know how we're going to provide for our family this week. We've got two steps we can take, a step of faith or a step of fear and either are going to be determined by our awareness of what's around us. So in these situations where I get the fear to pray for somebody and that challenge of am I going to do it or uh, I can't pay for this and I really need to be able to, God, it's a necessity, I've got those two options. And depending on what reality I'm more aware of and you're more aware of is more than likely going to determine our response. So in that situation, for example, with Binny, that lady, uh, negatives, there's a lot of people around. Negative, I'm afraid. Negative, I might not have seen anybody healed before. Up until that point, I actually hadn't personally prayed for somebody and seen them healed. Uh, what are some more negatives? Security cameras on me. This is being recorded. Uh, Awkward. This doesn't really happen very often. It's not your typical daily. So if I were to look and act just out of an awareness of those things, I'll probably look and I will act, but I won't be acting in faith because what's going to happen there is I will act 
in fear and I'll often retreat and be like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't God. And, and God is so gracious with us in those moments. He doesn't condemn us. He doesn't do anything like that, but he does uh, want to stay on that journey with us, encouraging us to pursue that more. So because I was more aware of that lens of fear in those situations, we can often shrink back. But the question I would ask is, is that a truthful lens? Yes, there's cameras on me. Yes, I'm in a public place. Yes, uh, she doesn't know me. There's, there's a bit of awkwardness there. But is that the full reality? Not last time we checked. Because greater is, in, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There are more for me than those who are against me. If this is the reality that we're living from, and the actual truth that we are rooted in and believe, it doesn't oh, prop, prop us up to where it's a 50-50 chance that God's good, that something's going to happen, that he, he's with me. No, 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 no. It is grossly slanted in our favor because of him and who he is. And the fact that he promises never to leave us or forsake us, the fact that there's angels in heaven warring on behalf of these people and for the souls of these people. So so much more for us than against us. So if I'm putting all of that into the context of that situation, it all of a sudden becomes a lot easier. And how do we do that? How do we grow that? By getting an awareness of his word, by being transformed by the renewal of our minds, like it says in his word, by letting this thing define our reality and where we're living from. So everyone's taking these steps on a daily basis whether they know it or not they may be taking them in faith they may be taking them in fear but either way we are taking those steps and we are told to step out and have faith be courageous and at times it can be scary but that faith in action those mo and it doesn't have to be so huge the third step that one there where we choose what reality we're going to do from that determines our fourth step. That determines what will actually be. And that doesn't mean we get control over the outcome. I've prayed for people and they haven't been healed. But it did have control over the way I came out of it. And also, yeah, God's still with you in that process after that. So, yeah, we're all taking those steps whether we know it or not. Some I would like to go to Hebrews 11. I'm just going to read some sections from there. Faith is the confidence that we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. And it is impossible. So this is, uh, that, that, was, that was Hebrews 11, verse 1. And now I'm going to jump to Hebrews 11, verse 6. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists, that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that came by faith. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home, go to another land and God would, that God would give him in, as an inheritance. So in these situations we often get asked something or challenged with something and then we're asked to act without knowing the outcome. And that's, that's that pivotal, pivotal moment. 
We didn't know if her legs would get healed. I didn't know if I would make it to work or not. Um, but in those situations have been where I've seen God come through and I've seen the miraculous and we get encouraged by those things and they're not just for us to hold on to, but they're for us to share with everybody. God is doing something in this place and he is saying, I, I feel like we had this message and this season that you're coming into because of what God wants to do here in Huntley with you and through you, praying for grandchildren praying for children, uh, and it doesn't always have to be blind eyes open and things like that, but amazing if it is, but if it's, if it's seeing a need of someone hungry or needing money or whatever it may be and being able to still step out in that faith when God puts it on your heart and you're challenged that way, it's never a bad thing. It's never a bad thing. And even in our own lives, when we step out that way, and God so honors it, and it's so precious to him, because he gets to partner with us. So Huntley Baptist bridging the gap, that gap is the gap between people who need to know our Savior. And how does that happen? It happens through you, walking on the troubled waters of life, and how hard it is sometimes for people, but to meet them and be that bridge, to walk on the water that's between them and our Saviour so that they, they can come to know him, that they can come to have what we have and we're so blessed to have. So I just want to invite Tapu to come and share a testimony. And yeah, yeah, come up, man. He's going to share a testimony that happened uh, and then he's going to pass it on to Abby. Hey, guys. Um, so... This is actually recent as well. Friday? Friday, yeah. We went out to do practical evangelizing and um and it's the first time I've ever like gone out to the street and actually like, you know. And I was like really nervous and I was like, nah, I can't do this. Walked around the mall with Abby. I was like, you can do all the talking. <laughs> you can do all the talking. I didn't want to talk to anyone because I don't like talking to you. I'm a bit of an introvert sometimes. And um, I just felt like the, like the mall wasn't for us, and I just felt like the Lord was um, going to the street. And as we went onto the street, it was like no one. And then I was like, oh, maybe it's not on the street. But as we were about to come back into the mall, I see this guy unloading, um, unloading his stuff, um, like drawers, like wood and stuff, rubbish. And I was like to Abby, oh, man. Let's go help that guy. We go up to this guy, and I go, do you need help? And he was like, nah. And Abby was like, he was, Abby accepted that. She was, she was about to walk away, and I was like, nah. The Lord brought me here. I'm not taking. So I just go up to this guy. After he said no, I just go up to him, and I started picking up his boxes, and I started putting it away for him. And then he's like, oh, thank you, man. And then um, after I unloaded all, me and Abby helped unload all his rubbish and stuff. We got to talk to him, where he's from and stuff like that. And then Abby shared um, a little bit of the word and her testimony. And then I just, um, the Lord was like speaking to me. I was like, uh, and I was like to him, are you like searching for something? Maybe like your visa? And he was like, I'm actually looking for a job. And I was like, man, like, this is so powerful. Like, I, like, in my stomach, I was like, my heart was beating so fast. I didn't even know that he was looking for something. And I was just stepping out of faith. And I just shared my testimony with him. 
I um, shared the gospel, the good news with him, and then I just started praying over him. And then after that, we were like, me and Abby were like, how do you feel? And he was like, man, I feel so loved. That's what he was like. I like, I feel so loved. And then I just like to him, man, like I'm not trying to force religion or anything down on your throat, but like I would really love to invite you to come to church. And he was like, of course, man. So I took down his number. And the other thing is, he's from France. And I have a mate at church. He's from France. So he speaks French. And I was like, mate, this is a match made in heaven. I'm going to introduce you to this guy. And, you know, so I actually, when I get back, when I get back to Auckland, I'm actually having him at my connect group this Wednesday. So I like to share the gospel. But, yeah, see you, man. It was awesome, Tapu. <laughs> no, yeah, man, you could really tell in his eyes how much, like, you could see the joy in his eyes after we met, like, we prayed for him. Um, and yeah, and God's really good. Yeah, I'm just going to share also a testimony, but from Wellington. It's something that happened as I was going from uni to the train station. I have, like, a 30-minute walk, which I walk from uni to the train station. And it's usually genuinely very mundane, uh, except this day. I was walking down. I was just very, uh, in a way, I was kind of uh, like, Lord, use me. Like, I want to see Wellington, like, people saved. Like, I want to see, you know, things happen in my life. Why is nothing happening? And um, I said, as I was walking down, I was saying, God, use me. Use my life. And and um, in that very moment, I had, like, I call it a God awareness. It's when someone catches your eye. And you weren't necessarily looking at them. But as I was walking, there's people going by, lots of people going by, um, you know, busy Wellington. And these two guys catch my eye and they walk into a shop. And my heart starts racing. I'm like, not so soon, Lord. I wasn't meaning now. <laughs> like, I said use me, but I didn't know it was going to be so soon. And um, they walked into a store. And, um, and, I, was, and I walked, I was like, okay. So I walked past, I walked down to the end of the street, knowing that God wants me to go in there and talk to those guys. And I stopped, I looked at the shop, I looked at where I was going, I looked at the shop, looked at where I was going, and I thought, oh man, I don't know, I don't know. And I said, God, oh, okay, I, I need to obey you, like I know this is, you're telling me to do this. And so I need to obey you. So, you know, I built up the courage in myself and I walked towards the store. And I'm like, God, I don't know what you want me to say. I'm not sure what I'm going to say. But as I walked into the store, I felt, and it's not a very big store, by the way. It's like a small, it's probably, it's like half the size of this room. I felt this boldness come over me and, and I didn't know what to say, but I just opened my mouth and said, hi guys, I just want to let you know that Jesus loves you so much. And I can't, even to this day, I can't remember what I said, but I, I remember I shared some part of my testimony and um, just how God redeemed me and he saved me from um, like lust and all these things. And I, I just ran out because I was like, oh my goodness, now I look like a fool. <laughs> so I ran out and I just, I just walked straight to the train station. I was like, don't look at anyone, just keep going. And, um, and this guy runs out and I almost didn't hear him amongst like the rush of, you know, busy Wellington. And he was like, hi, hey. And he was running after me. 
And I heard him and I turned around and I went to him and I was like, hi, hi, what's up, what's up? And he's like, thank you so much for sharing that with me. I've just come from New York and we just stopped off here um, and we're about to leave tomorrow. And your testimony, just what, well, he didn't say testimony. He was like, he had dreadlocks and like tattoos and stuff. But he was like, thanks so much for what you shared. Um, and I said to him, you know, Jesus loves you. And I just told him how much God loves him and I shared with him the gospel and stuff. And I said, can I pray for you? And I, I was kind of like, uh, I don't know what to do after this because I've never had this happen before. So I'm like, what's the manual? Do you like take him through a step-by-step pray? I don't know. And um, I just felt to pray with him. And so I prayed for him and um, he gave his life to the Lord right there. And um, I was like, praise you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I've never, I haven't seen him since. Like, I, I don't know where he's at in his life, but, I, you know, it just shows that if I chose to just keep going to the train station and I didn't actually take that step of faith, I wouldn't actually have seen, I wouldn't have seen that salvation. I wouldn't have seen him come to the Lord. And you don't always have to know what to say. You don't always have to know exactly what to do because you know that verse that says, um, you know, don't prepare beforehand what you're about to say because the Spirit of God will give you the words to say. And it's, I can testify it's 100% true. Uh, so we have, I've got one last testimony to share with you guys and then um, we'll move forward with a few other things. But a bit of context for the story. I live in a flat with three other women and my flat, uh, the Lord asked me to set up as a discipleship flat. So I lead this flat and there are young girls who are learning to follow Jesus and learning how to pay rent and cook for themselves and, and clean up and, and do all of these things. And so... Uh, there's been multiple times where rent just kind of hasn't been there. <laughs> or one of the girls will come to me and go, I don't know how I'm going to pay this week. And I go, okay, so I can transfer from that account and then make that and then sort that out. And uh, I'll just like not, we'll, we'll just not eat that much this week and kind of do that. And the, the automatic is always anxiety <laughs> of like, okay, how can I or how can we fix this? How can we make it work? And one of my flatmates is a full-time missionary. And so she is supported by um, generous people who donate to her. And um, this one week, she came to me and Annie, someone didn't transfer me money. I don't have any money for rent this week. And I went, okay, neither do I. <laughs> I don't have anything available to do this. And so I'm going, oh, can I like go to my parents and go, and then went, no. Why is my first thing anxiety? Why is my first thing what can I do? You know, I watched my, my dad when I was a kid. Every time money came up, it was anxious. It was a worry. And so I went, okay, let's pray. I don't know why, but this time I feel to pray. And we had total peace and just went, Lord, somehow you've got you've to put that money in that account. Um, we said those exact, exact words. You, you need to put that money in that account, whether only four people that have that account number. And I woke up the next morning and was like, huh, I wonder, I wonder. And I opened up, went onto ASV on my phone, opened it up and went, there is exactly the amount that we need for rent in this account. And there is no transaction that has gone in in the last 24 hours. <laughs> so to this day, we do not know how that money got in there other than Jesus. Like there is no way that can be explained any other way. And that was a moment for me where I went, 
Okay, so, uh, yeah, relying on you is kind of how this works, huh? <laughs> and that was just a real moment for me of, of faith in action where I went, actually, me in action? That's, that's pretty, pretty tiny. But the almighty God in action? Things can appear. And, yeah, it was just such a beautiful moment. So thank you for listening. Well, that about sums it up. Uh, I've got a few more things to say, which is God is wanting to use you and God is wanting to partner with you. And he's already been doing it in this place. But for the days ahead, it's going to be more frequent and it's going to be a good thing because you get to see him move. You get to see lives changed and transformed and you get to be a part of it. We get to be a part of it. So in whatever way you feel it come up, whether it's, yeah, praying for a grandchild or someone needing something or anything like that. Anytime you get checked with it coming, whatever it is, and you seeing it, whatever it is, choose which lens you're going to look through. Those eyes of faith that he's given us, that he's teaching us to walk in, that he's teaching us to use and declare that his will be done and miracles will happen, awesome things are going to happen, and um, partnering with God is such a pleasure. So if we just um, bow our head, I just want to thank God for this word. Thank God for all that he's doing in this place, Father. Holy Spirit, I uh, pray that, that these beautiful people, Father, your beautiful people here in Huntley would be so encouraged of the work that you're doing in this place and the work that you're going to continue to do, Father. I pray that they would feel so encouraged that um, there's more equipping ahead, but encouraged that you are wanting to partner with them to see lives transformed, to see Huntley transformed even further, Father God. And I thank you that you've placed them here for a purpose. Uh, one of the things we felt when we were praying over this place before we even got here was just such a sense of purpose, that you are where you are for an absolute reason, that you are here strategically placed by the hand of the king, and that he wants to use you to execute moves on the enemy. He wants to use you to advance his kingdom and bring bring children and, and his loved ones to coming into a relationship with him through so many means, so, so many different ways. So yeah, Father, I thank you for that. Thank you for your word, and I pray that... Um, yeah, it would just rest in our hearts and be such an encouragement, Father. Amen. And with that, I'm going to invite Annie to yeah, pray for others. Uh, so when we were sitting down with Jenny and Murray yesterday and talking about the service and, and what you usually do here, they told us about prayer for others. And immediately we were so excited about this. And we went, actually, today we get to be us, the team, we get to be the others, and we just really felt to pray for you as, as Huntley. We, before we even were told where we were going on this outreach, like, I, I knew that I was, I was coming this way, and I have, like, there's been a build for Shane and I of, of love for Huntley and just excitement for, for everything that God has in store here, so, yeah, I would love to just be able to pray for you guys as a, as a whanau. So, Father, I thank you for Huntley. I thank you for this beautiful church. I thank you for the family that there is here and, and just the love and the blessing that there is. Father, I pray that, yeah, you would move miraculously in this place, that you would touch the hearts of each of these people, but that you would bless them, that you would bless their finances, that you would bless their families, that you would bless their neighbours, that... Yeah, as they 
yeah, lean into you that they would know more of you, that this community, that this town would be covered by your Holy Spirit, that there would be protection over this place, that there would be fatherless children who know that they are loved, that there would be, yeah, just an outpouring of of who you are over Huntley. We know that you have such a purpose for this place. We know you have a purpose for these people. And I just pray that you would reveal that to each of them, that from the tiniest toddlers to to those in the retirement home and, and, and just you know, thinking that they've got to the end of everything, that, that you would bring new purpose, that, that you would reignite the dreams that you have for them and that, yeah, there would just be a real sense of, of who you are in this place. Yeah, I pray for incredible provision over these people. I pray for, yeah, just for you to move, Lord. We thank you that you already are and we thank you for the legacy of what has been here. We thank you for for Murray and Jenny and, and just the testimonies that we've heard in this short time and I thank you for the blessing that they have been to us and I ask that you would do that over and over again in this place, that there would be so much blessing. Yeah, Father, thank you. We love you. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.